hi everyone and welcome back to Crosswires. It's James here. And in case you didn't know, there's been another Apple event yesterday, uh, as far as we're concerned. So today's the 8th of September 2022. Apple held the event on the 7th of September at uh, 6 p.m. British Standard Time, which I think if that would have been... 10 a.m. Pacific time, so 10 a.m. In, in Cupertino. And you know what? We're going to talk about it. So, of course, whenever we've got a special Apple event, we have to have an incredibly special member of the team come and join us. So, um, hey, Jay, how are you doing? I'm doing great. And for those wondering, yep, I'm Jay now because uh, Jay's my legal name, and I decided to retire the Frasley branding. So I guess now we can all get jaded. Oh, this is... You know, folks, one minute I'm thinking, oh, it's a great idea to have Jay on the show. It's a great idea to bring us part of the team. And then she goes and make joke, makes jokes like that, and I'm regretting the entire course of my life. But you're smiling so wide right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. No, it generally is... You know, we've actually just recorded another episode, which will be coming out in a few weeks, with uh, Drew from the Sleep With Me podcast. Um, it's Asleep help podcast not anything else help <laughs> podcast and you know what just oh i'd love the chemistry we're building i look and do you know what folks i love the show we are going to come to this later on but i reached out on twitter yesterday for so for you lovely folks to give us your thoughts on the um on the event and many of you did so we're going to be putting those into the show thank you so much everyone who did that all right Let's get into the show, because otherwise we're going to be here all day. I mean, we might be anyway, but let's see. Okay, so first things first. Another good, well-produced event. Yes, the production quality on this. I have to wonder how long it took them to do all this stuff. Well, maybe that's kind of the thing. Of course, people say, oh, Apple are just, you know, why haven't they put this in? Well, we should always remember that new product announcements from any company, not just Apple... These things don't appear overnight. It's not like Tuesday there wasn't an iPhone 14 or iPhone 14 or any of the products were released, and yesterday they were there. These things have been taking a long time to develop. And actually, I think we'll come to that in some of the things we talk about. But I do like this style. I I know that people miss the audience, and I do miss the applause and the cheers to an extent. But it also saves them from the times when... The audience is like crickets when something doesn't go well. Yeah, and when, you know, there's classic moments where everyone's got their MiFi devices on and Steve has to stop their presentation. Yes. I was just at an event where they told everybody, turn off your Wi-Fi because we're trying to use it for the audio. I mean, Wi-Fi is still not a great thing, especially when you have a lot of people in one venue. That's right. I mean, to be fair, it wasn't so much that people were on the Wi-Fi, it's that there were so many Wi-Fi networks because of all the MiFi devices. Anyway, let's not go down that path. All right. As you said, Jay, we had obviously been playing out notes. It really gives people, you know, time to focus on the products. One thing that I love is the use of virtual sets because it highlights information. I don't know how much of it was a virtual set and how much, like, it's clear some of the stuff was filmed outdoors. But obviously, a lot of it was also virtual sets. Now, before we get into the actual event, there was a little, little nagging topic I wanted to very quickly touch base on. I'll say we do have plans to do a whole episode about secure messaging. But there's been a lot of controversy recently about Apple not adopting RCS, um, which is, it is in an in industry standard. 
but it's something Google are really pushing through Android. Now, RCS at its core is not end-to-end encrypted. It's encrypted, but it's client-server encrypted, which is very similar to how Telegram works by default and other protocols. That's fine. iMessage is is somewhat end-to-end. It's not as good as Signal, but that's a whole different thing. But RCS, because RCS isn't baked into the core end-to-end encrypted, the extension to do that end-to-end encryption, Google is it's proprietary Google that is sat in Google Messages on Android. Now, there's so many things that mean that have to happen to make that available across platform. And the reality is, there's probably a lot of very vocal Android users or people in a multi-platform household or multi-platform family who are saying, no, we must have RCS. But one quick response I want to make to this, because Tim Cook sort of said, well, we don't see our users wanting this. This was in a, uh, a Q&A session at a, a different event. He said, just get an iPhone. Now, Tim, I don't necessarily like that response because we have to recognise that our competition, of course, Tim is going to say, get an iPhone. But what I'm going to say is, Saying that there's no way to exchange picture messages between iOS users and Android users is a complete fallacy. There's great tools like Signal. Signal is private, it is secure, it's truly cross-platform, and it can exchange all sorts. You know, and I use it with my family, even though they're on, you know, mostly on iOS. But I, lo- I think it's great. To- I, I don't know, Jay, am I barking up the wrong tree? Though, or- no, and one thing that, that was very clear is iMessage is something that Apple's able to work on to really con- control, and it's able to bring some of the features that we see in iMessage. I mean, some of the the ability to like send things through the the ecosystem. And I, and I think I think I think I think I think Tim Cook's right, but I I still would like to see an app on iPhone that could use RCS in some in some regard. It would be, I mean, it would be great if, I mean, because Google could do that. Yeah. Google could bring Google um, uh, Android messages or whatever they're calling it to to iOS. Now, look, yes, it would be ideal if we had one thing that everyone could use that is more secure than SMS. SMS, certainly for two-factor authentication, needs to go away. Yeah, absolutely. But SMS, as actually we'll discover later on in this this discussion is still essential people forget how essential sms actually is so let's get into the announcements and we're starting with things that we think maybe have the less the lesser impact we're going to start with airpods now jay you have airpods if i got airpods pro airpods 2 and in the original airpods Okay, so you have a lot of AirPods. Now, I did have AirPods. I have the original AirPods. My mum now has my AirPods, as it happens, and she absolutely loves them. One thing, is it just me, or are we seeing so many people with AirPods? Oh, absolutely. Like, at my store, so many of my associates have AirPods in their ears, and it has really become common. Though I think you're also forgetting something, James. Yeah, what am I forgetting? Oh, yeah, yeah. You're forgetting the the counterfeit AirPods still. Ah, yes, the the counterfeit AirPods. The, yeah, I mean they are a problem. Look, let let's just be really clear here. Not all Bluetooth in ear headphones are created the same. The reason the AirPods perform so well is they've got chips inside them. We've got Apple silicon inside them, and Apple. Remember, they bought Beats. There's no coincidence incidents that Apple upped their headphone game. After they bought Beats, I, I don't personally like Beats headphones. They're, they're too basic. Yeah, I uh, for, for 
for me. Absolutely, they're not they're not my favorite, and and I actually have I actually have a different preferred he- headphones, even over the AirPods. But the AirPods are nice. I just my issue is the earwax. Oh, uh, to be fair, that's probably less of a problem on the AirPods Pro because they are true, you know, tip in ears. Now I wear hearing aids, as many of you know, and what that does mean is that I le- I cannot wear in-ear headphones while I'm wearing them. So I actually have to take my, my uh, hearing aids out to record the show because I wear in-ear headphones. That means that I... Now, it also means that the very nature of my hearing aids is to amplify sound. AirPods Pro with noise cancellation and tra- adaptive transparency mode would be useless. Well, no. They wouldn't, but there's certain things they can't do. So they can't do... <laughs> actually, they could... Especially with the mode of like the of the the accessibility option they have on AirPods, where you can hold a live listen. Live listen, yes. You are right, and in fact, actually, you know, there's all sorts of functionality there. Now, Apple do a great job of you know having hearing aid accessibility. I love that my hearing aids are paired to my iPhone. I can iOS just does a great job. But the more I think about it, actually, the, the system I have to because I'm completely deaf in my left ear. The system I have is called a cross system, and the idea, very simply, is that the audio from my left hearing aids microphones get passed to my right. Well, actually, Apple could do that. It's just you would look very odd with a pair of AirPods Pro permanently in your ears. Yeah. people. If you've got headphones in, people in naturally assume you can't hear them. But actually, all right, let, let's talk. So we've got the H2 chip. Not much more to say. It's going to, of course, increase the abilities on on these AirPods. And again, this is a product of Apple owning the end-to-end process of the hardware and the software. Tim said it's one of the reasons people enjoy Apple products is because it is a fully integrated experience. And we certainly see that here. Now, better noise cancelling, wonderful. Absolutely, because I have... I've used the, the, the noise cancelling on this in different environments. One of the environments that like it helped a lot in was when I was in an office environment and I had other people constantly talking. It was so great having it cut out. Or back when I shared the house with my parents, I would use noise cancelling so I couldn't hear their TV downstairs. And it worked phenomenally. Not perfect. Now, I like the fact that we're saying that it's now going to be able to sample more and they've worked hard to make it cancel out more. But on a flip to that, the AirPods Pro have transparency mode, which allows you to bring in some of the sound around you. Now, that's great, but the great example they gave is you're out on a busy street with roadworks, you know, or construction noise. And I do love how stereotypical that construction scene was. We can have a jackhammer. It's, it's not always that. It can be, you know, a digger. It could be, you know, the builder shouting, Oi, mate, you've got a hammer. Like, <laughs> but... What they're saying is adaptive transparency mode now will allow you to filter out those sort of noise, but still hear, for example, the crossing signal or, you know, that conversation that you need to hear. Or if you're on a bus or a train, you'll hear the next station will be Piccadilly Circus. Exit here for... Uh, I've forgotten. Anyway, um, the point is your adaptive transparency is perfect for that. Do you see yourself, like, is that a compelling reason for you to upgrade? Yes, if I was still working in the environment I was working in before, or if I was still working in the early shifts where I actually did use AirPods with active transparency, I would still use that. Because, like, the reason I didn't use it, I, I stopped using AirPods even on my first shift, was it would pull in 
the very loud noises of like the cleaning machines. It right. would pull in a lot of noises I didn't, I didn't want to hear. And having this pull out that stuff would allow, because extra transparency amplifies everything around you almost to a dangerous level, I, I felt like. Do you mean standard transparency? Yeah, standard transparency mode on the, on the AirPods, the, the, the Pro, the, the current one where you could hear the, the noise coming through. That actually made sounds worse, and I didn't I did not like it as well. But if it can actually remove this stuff, I would, but not right now for me, especially because I'm not I'm not wearing headphones at work because of of the of the role I'm in now. Are you allowed to wear headphones in in your role? We allow associates to wear one ear when you're out on uh, picking, but I do a lot of attending to cars, and we're not allowed any of them. That makes sense. Yeah, no, we had a we had a similar policy. A few roles I've worked at. Um, I had one place where uh, AirPods are so discreet. Well, she she didn't have AirPods. She had fake AirPods. She she would just wear it anyway. I I've had associates do that, and and the other issue is sometimes I've had associates not hear me over the walkie because mm-hmm. of the AirPods. <laughs> yep, which to be fair is a good reason why maybe you know we, I'd love to see Apple open up a walkie-talkie app which you know we haven't used in ages and it doesn't really get a mention anymore but it's still there it's really you cool I, I mean i know you and i have used a couple years ago yeah yeah and we should use that more um anyway absolutely so i think airpods pro are uh, okay two two more things to talk about well to uh, to highlight is spatial audio now again as someone with a hearing loss i don't appreciate it what I will say is I love the concept of using the true depth camera on an iPhone to personalize that spatial audio for your for your head for your hearing now some I was actually speaking to someone today in um a electronics retailer here a, you know, a good electronics retailer for those in the uk it's actually richer sounds I was in uh, just seeing what headphones they had because I potentially wanted to upgrade mine and they were saying well the HTC one did this years ago and I thought yes it did but I bet it didn't do it as well. Have you tried spatial audio? I have, especially on like my, my iPhone supports it. So is my iPad. And it is bizarre because you'll be, you'll, you'll, you'll be having your ear pods in and you'll be looking at it and you move it over. I, at one point was listening to <laughs> watching a horror movie and I thought it sounded like my headphones were not in. I was like, Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> Can everybody around me hear them? <laughs> but yeah, it's bizarre. I, I honestly, though, this is me. I feel like it's a gimmick. I can see that. Now, look, I'm sure that that's – you've used it. I've not tried it. So this is, again, where I'm going to open things up to you, our listeners. Drop us an email, podcast at crosswires.net. Leave a comment on the post. Um, we'll also put a link to the actual discussion thread that we started. By the way, thank you, Substack, for having – discussion threads that are so easy to set up i know a lot of the comments have said and a lot of people i spoke to said yeah the airpods pro look cool and definitely going to be upgrading or looking to upgrade one thing i really like from a simplicity of charging point of view is that the airpods the new airpods pro can now charge off lightning chi magsafe and your apple watch charger that's brilliant because then if you only need to have one charger because if you're wearing your watch, just just put your Apple Watch um, on, on it, and then that's brilliant. And one thing that we were talking about because I know you've lost AirPods. Yep. Right. And I, you know, it's one thing I do sometimes struggle with. I, I use. I'm a big fan of RHA Audio's um, 
stuff. I use Red True Connect 2s as my uh, Bluetooth headphones, so I actually use those for editing. What I'm wearing for recording are the uh, RHA MA750Is, but there's no location stuff. But now, with the AirPods, what they've done is they've obviously used the same technology as they have in the AirTag, ultra-wideband. So if your device supports ultra-wideband, you can get precision finding. Now, I have an AirTag on my keys. The number of times be able to use ultra-wideband to pinpoint my key. Oh. What also people don't don't ever um, want to want to mention is also if you have a Mac at home, that 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 finding is great. So that way, if you have a Mac at home that's on, you can be like, oh, I left my AirPods at home. Yeah, because with find my network is is there. The other thing, of course, about AirPods and people forget, and I, I don't know any other headphones that can do this. Now, I know some headphones can have multiple um, pairing profiles, but the auto switching between connected iOS and and connected Apple devices oh, is so, cool. so clever. Yeah. yeah. Except every once in a while when you're open up your iPhone at work and you're watching on your iPad, back when I used to use both, and it would switch from my iPad to my iPhone over a text message. <laughs> yeah, that's not ideal, but, it, uh, you know, hey, it, it is what it is. So, before we wrap out the AirPods, now, okay, one of the things we l- want to explore in Crosswires is all about positive and ethical technology. So... I'm going to ask two questions, Jay. First of all, are you going to upgrade? Not at the moment. And is that a cost? Is I mean, I hope you don't mind me asking. Is that a cost issue? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, because they are $250 for a little bit more in the UK. Now, ah, yes, one thing I did want to mention about UK pricing. They have gone up a little bit. Now, for our UK listeners, when you see the dollar prices, do remember that in most US states, they have to add on sales tax, which is they're equivalent to our VAT. So our prices always include VAT. So do just take that in. Now, they are more expensive. As we record this, we're in a huge economic crisis across the world. The pound is incredibly weak. So it's frustrating, I know, but don't just assume that Apple are gouging us. That's not quite quite as simple as that uh, because you have to take into account that. But here's the question. If people have older AirPods Pro or older AirPods, and they are maybe the batteries are dying, or people are just looking for you know a really good, and I would say affordable pair of in-ears when it comes to the features they have. Do you think the AirPods Pro are a good upgrade for if you can afford them, and are they a good product in terms of price to performance? I would honestly say either the AirPods 3 or the original AirPods Pro, because they're going to go down in price because of these. Because the technology is great in the AirPods 2, the AirPods Pro 2. Yeah. But I don't think it's worth spending 249 I got somebody uh, back in December a pair of AirPods for $100. So, uh, mm. And it was the AirPods 3. And I mean, so I think if you look around, I got my AirPods Pro for about like 150 So I think... It's definitely worth upgrading if you can get a good price on it, but don't go out right now and just buy the these because they're they're new. And also, don't forget, we are only recording this a day after. We don't have any. We have very, well, I don't say have any. We have very limited real world experience with these devices yet. So everything we say here is absolutely take with a pinch of salt. I would say I think they are a good upgrade, but 
Jay's hit the nail on the head. Do you really need those new features? If you do, and if they will give you a quality of life improvement, then absolutely. But don't just upgrade for the sake of it. And the AirPods Pro are really good just by themselves. And they're going to they're gonna go down in price as people are trying to get rid of stock. All right. So that's our quick AirPods uh, section. Let's uh, put those back in the case and uh, move on. Okay. Apple Watch. They, um, we need to announce a sad death. The Apple Watch Series 3 is no more. Hallelujah. So... Fun story about the Apple Watch Series 3. When uh, I used to be a huge Fitbit fanatic, and when Google bought Fitbit, I immediately went out and bought an Apple Watch Series 3 because I was not going to give Google access to my data. <laughs> it was a good watch, but I'm now on a Series 7 because the Series 3, even in the modern times, is not a great watch, in my opinion. No, and one important note is it's not getting watchOS 9, so well done, Apple, for maybe you could have discontinued it a little bit earlier so people hadn't bought it, but that's okay. That's all right. Let's talk. So we're going to put a link as well, by the way. There is a model comparison that Apple have done which shows you all the features. So we're going to start talking about Series 8. So same effective design as Series 7, uh, it seems to me, by the way, that we only really get a new watch design every two series. I'm, maybe I'm wrong on that, but that's what it seems. Yeah, because c- this looks a lot like the Series 7 and its design. And the Series 7 is nice. I like the the full band design. Oh, one of one of my friends, um, Josh, has a Series 7. Uh, and uh, it, this is... <laughs> so I'm going to try and get Josh on the show at some point. Josh was a huge Apple hater. Um, but you know, full on Android boy, you know, full on Linux boy. But something's happened recently, and he's become like big Apple fan. And in some cases, he's actually got better Apple technology than I do, <laughs> uh, which is hilarious. Josh, if you're listening to this episode, you know that I love winding you up about that. So, Series Eight. Now, we've tried to highlight some of the key features. I'm not going to go through everything. Uh, let's start with one. I love Apple's commitment to making things safer and to making technology help us in those emergencies and actually to me that, that seems to be a recurring theme for a lot of what they've done in these new products so we already had fall detection crashed det- and, and all the you know all the great ecg and high heart rate detection stuff brilliant we got crash detection and this is using more you know more sensors so barometers so if we give example the barometer they've put in is calibrated so it can detect the changing air pressure of an airbag going off that is incredible. Yeah. Because what I love is it's a device you're just going to have on your wrist. You won't think about it. Similar to fall detection, you won't think about it. The AFib, all the all the, the ECG stuff, except I've had family members who re- have relied on the fall detection and the ECG stuff. It's helped them. And it's like, it's something that you will be glad that you have it there. And, and, I, I, and I love how simple it is. And they even said, like, they're... they're they're only going to use the sensors when they're estimating a crash and only during and only during that time. So so it's not like they're trying to spy on you with more with, with more details. No. It's all on your device, but it's trying to know when it when are you gonna have a gonna have a crash and and immediately get your help. And that's why, you know, we've got serious processes going into these, you know, into these Apple watches. Now I think crash detection is awesome. Yeah, I 
as, as Apple said, we hope it's a feature you never have to use. Now, the next one is something I know that... Okay, they've added another set of temperature, a temperature sensor. Now, this isn't being used for anything else. It's not being used to detect fevers or anything else like that um, because of where it is. Now, I think there is... I don't understand the science behind this, being very honest. And this is a, a bit of a delicate subject. These temperature sensors are designed to help with tracking. So we've already, so Apple Apple Watch already has uh, cycle tracking for reproductive health. They're also adding um, ovulation prediction for those who ovulate. Now, Jay, I'm going to let you take over here and just, I, I, and I think we've had a lot of discussion about this outside of this recording. And... The only thing I want to say, uh, and this is not aimed at you, Jay, this is aimed at anyone commenting or anything like that, please remember, just keep everything civil. You know, we have no tolerance of hate in either direction. Jay, over to you. So there was a real missed opportunity for Apple to to use a more inclusive term. They said this was temperature centers for women's health. And there are more than just women ovulate. You have non-binary individuals, you have trans men. And I think Apple could have shown a better inclusivity by just saying it's temperature centers for people who ovulate or people who are reproductive health. But I also understand Apple is a big company and there was probably a lot of meetings back and forth behind the scenes on this. And it is a huge, right now, right now even changing the language is a huge controversy. Is a huge controversy. So I understand, but I, I just didn't want anybody listening to think that that we don't care about about reproductive health because we both do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and look, you know, I'll be really, really honest. I prefer the term reproductive help, health to something than people who ovulate. That sounds very, I don't know, that people who ovulate sounds like a book title, not, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. yeah, I'm trying to make a, a joke <laughs> out of this. And one area where I, I, I feel excluded is I'm a woman, but I don't ovulate, so I, I feel like, okay, it's not really for women's health in the way that you're talking about it. So it, it is... Oh, no, I, I... Yeah, it's very difficult. It's very difficult. And I... Knowing what we... Obviously, we know that Tim Cook is an out gay man. I I would like to genuinely believe this is not malicious. I, I, I think we've seen enough from Apple to know that they are LGBTQ AI plus friendly and not just friendly, supportive. I do not believe this is malicious on Apple's part. Not at all. And and I'm I, again, I'm going to guess there's a, been a lot of meetings behind the doors. Now, one interesting thing that I was impressed with, so because of some of the, the recent changes in the United States, and I'm not going to get political, but there's a lot of things going on in the United States about reproductive health. This new function, along with the cycle tracking, has a heavy focus on data privacy. So yes. the health data is end-to-end encrypted, and the, the encryption keys are generated based on your device's passcode and not on an Apple Drive key. And Apple cannot access the data, and if you lose your passcode, neither can you. So they're very heavily letting you know this data is not in the hands of, of anybody but you. That somebody can't use this data against you. Absolutely. And it actually goes further than that. In order to be able to sync end-to-end encrypted data, like health data, to iCloud, your iCloud account must have two-factor uh, authentication enabled. You will not sync encrypted data 
end-to-end encrypted data without that. The other thing to mention, if you do your backups onto your Mac in a traditional cable-based method, the health data will not be backed up unless you have encrypted the backups. As in, there is an option when you do a, um, an iTunes, well, it's not even iTunes anymore, you do a, a, a desktop backup, you can choose to encrypt your backups. If you don't encrypt them, your health data does not get backed up. Which is incredible and, and very important. And see, that's why I feel Apple is being very mindful of all this stuff because, again, they are not just trying... They went above and beyond to make sure that this data was protected. And look, there's a... I saw a... You know, I've seen... I've been involved in a few Twitter threads where people say, oh, Apple are just as bad as everyone else. They collect and so much data. Just to be clear, there is a huge difference between data collection on device and data processing and using that for marketing. And also, I don't want to get into all of this, but because that's a whole different episode. I know we've got plans to talk about this. But yeah, I think you can rest assured, I certainly wouldn't be putting my weight and blood pressure... I know it's not as sensitive. I understand that. Uh, certainly when we get medication reminders, well, you know, that is very, very sensitive data. Yeah, it was a reason why It was a reason why I didn't want to give Fitbit my, my data knowing that they're owned by Google. It's why I, I moved to Apple. And, I, I, you know, I agree with you. Now, the next big part of an Apple Watch is battery life. Now, I've had those days where my watch has definitely hit, you are, you know, close to 10%. I've definitely, you know... I've never had a major problem with my Series 5. But one of the things we're saying, you know, obviously the Series 8 is going to give you the same great 18 hours battery life, but now we're bringing in low power mode. Now, to be very clear, this is not power reserve, which watches have had for ages. This is similar to iPhone low power mode, but they'll stop doing certain things, but you'll still record all your health data, but it will just preserve. And we're saying you can get up to 36 hours. That's great if you're on a multi-day trip. Yeah, like uh, if somebody's traveling <laughs> the in the beginning of October. <laughs> yeah, I mean Jay Jay's coming to the UK in in October. In October, we won't, of course, reveal exact dates. Uh, but I don't think we're doing a meetup this time, are we? Because no, maybe a future a future time. But yeah, maybe a future time. I'm excited, but yeah, this would have, this would have been perfect for that flight because. I probably will have a dead Apple Watch by the time I get over there. Very likely. Now, one thing I will say, one of the best little Apple products I've bought was actually a foldable dual MagSafe and Apple Watch charger that Apple did. Yes, it's expensive, but it sits permanently in my backpack and it just needs a lightning cable and it'll charge both devices. Oh, if only I had a MagSafe compatible iPhone. I'll have to, maybe I'll have to upgrade my iPhone well, soon. On. Technically... It's still Qi charging. Oh, you may have to give me a uh, a link to that after the episode. Yeah, we, you know, even if we don't, even if you don't get it, we can always try it with. Yeah, um, actually, do you know what? I will let you know for a hundred percent certainty because I'm going uh, to my parents tomorrow. Dad has an iPhone eight. My mum has a ten S. They are both Qi charging compatible. I'll try them on my MagSafe chargers. Oh, perfect! Because if they if they do it, then that that'd be. The, the perfect charger that I'll need for the trip, so... It really has made a huge difference to me. Future James here, and yes, I can confirm the Apple MagSafe chargers, particularly the Duo charge for the Apple Watch and the MagSafe charger, does charge via Qi both an iPhone 8 and an iPhone XS. The only thing is you have to give it enough power. I tried it with sort of a standard USB socket on 
my parents' sofas, yes, and it doesn't work, whereas plugged into, you know, a decent wall outlet, it's absolutely fine. So same requirements as the charger itself, but it, it does work. So that's for Watch 8. I would say, if, certainly if you're on anything that's not going to support WatchOS 9, great upgrade. I am not upgrading for my Series 5. I know you're not from your Series 7. No, because the Series 7 does exactly what I need. Uh, I mean, the low power mode would be great. The cross section would be, I mean, because I drive all, every day, but still, I, I'm not. it's not worth the upgrade to, to me. But if I had been on my Series 3, like I was still on till last year, I would have absolutely upgraded to the Series 8. I think there's almost, you know, I think, I think if you look at it and say, okay, I, do you know, this is something I'd love to hear from watch wearers, you know, traditional watch wearers. How often, how long does a watch last in traditional watch or maybe digital watches? I'd love to know that because that's actually could be something we talk about. If it's my dad, he buys a new one every single cruise. Did I say that? You did say that out loud. All right, all right, all right. But I, I love you, so. Dad. I love you, Dad. <laughs> the pricing on the Series 8 is... Is it three nine nine US? I think. Yep, three three ninety nine US. Okay, so that is so three ninety nine US, which is currently four twenty in the UK. No, four one nine. Sorry, four one nine. And that's for the GPS. The cellular version is, I think, that is four nine uh, four nine nine in the US and five two nine in the UK right now. Not a bad price. You do spend more than that on, on, you know, on a really good watch. I think, yeah, if you're on an older watch, upgrade. But however, for two five nine, uh, UK or two four nine US, you can get the new SE uh, or three twenty three one nine. I keep saying three twenty three one nine in for Vesalia, which I think again is, I think that is. 299 in the US, from what I understand. The Watch SE has been massively upgraded. It's got a lot more features. It still has the crash detection and fall detection. What it doesn't have is the blood oximeter, which was introduced in, I think, Series 6. That sounds right. Series 6. And it doesn't have the ECG that was introduced in Series 5. That's fine. It does have crash detection, it does have fall detection. It's a still a great watch, and in fact, let's just compare models really quickly. So, um, it is it's the older design still. So it's the design that was with the series five and six uh, from sorry series four and above. It's you know it's still got the it's not an always on display. Fine, it does still have the swim proof. It's fifty meters water resistant. It will still detect high and low heart rates. It will do a regular liver. A regular heart rhythm notifications, cardio fitness. It's got all of the. Oh, now this is interesting. The Series A and the USE have the Compass Backtrack, but it was mentioned in a later product. Oh. But anyway, the, the big difference is display and finishes, all of this stuff, okay? It uses the specs of the Series 8. Uh- and that's that's that by itself is is pretty spectacular. Yeah. I mean, with phasing out the 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 series three, that is the SE is a pretty nice mid range device. Absolutely, one of the big things about the VSE, and in fact any Apple Watch, is family setup. Yes. So f- family setup. 
This is this is a little bit of a difficult one for me, to be honest with you, to talk about. But I'll, you know, so family setup is targeted for those who don't have an iPhone, but would benefit from a, a set. Now this will only work, of course, on a cellular watch. I actually, yes, I think it will. I think it's only on cellular uh, connect, connected watches. And the idea is that it's for maybe younger children or older relatives. I don't want to go into much of a detail about how Grandad passed away because, for a start, we don't fully know. But I do. what I do suspect is that it was thought-related. Now, my Grandad had a telecare system, and this was, you know, provided through the local authority, you know, all of this stuff. And I won't get into that, but it consisted of a, a, a bracelet that he wore with a button, and then he had a pendant that was designed for fall detection when he couldn't press his own button. But problem with it is, and I'm not going to slate the makers of these devices because they serve a purpose. It was, for, at least for my granddad, it was too sensitive. He, whenever he banged the table by accident, it would go off and, you know, the telecare people would be on the box, you know, saying, are you okay? And he would he'd say, I'm not, I'm not wearing my thing anymore because it's too sensitive. I, I don't want to say... I don't know, but if he had an Apple Watch SE with family set up, could that have helped? I don't know, but what I would say to people is if you've got an elderly relative who is fall prone, and they are, people are as they get older, seriously consider an Apple Watch SE for them and get them set up on a family plan. Yes, it's going to cost you, you know, about £320 in the UK or three, two, $300 in the US. Isn't that peace of mind worth it? Because, of course, when we have a fall, it can contact you, you know, as family contacts. It can reach emergency services. And if emergency services don't hear a response, they will know to do a welfare check. And it has the ability to... Also, with with the same model, you could call them too. I mean, so, I mean, it has like even well, that's it, the point. Yeah, but, but 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 I think from what I understand, family setup requires a cellular model. So so, 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 so yeah. So even in addition to the, the vault action, it's the way to keep in contact with your relatives. Right. I mean, let, yeah. Let's let's take this away from the, the, the fall stuff, and you know, as you said, it's a way to keep in contact for you know for younger children. You can restrict who they can call. Yeah. And in fact, who can call them? Now that, even for older people, is a great because unfortunately, once a number gets out onto the internet for some any reason, it's likely to be spammed. So actually, you know, maybe your elder older relative does not need an iPhone. Yeah, there, there is some accessibility issues. Being really honest, my granddad had very little sensation in his fingers. Um, look, you know, uh, and if any of my fam, my mum's side of family are listening to this in particular. I really apologise if this has upset you at all. That's not my intention at all. I just want to make sure other people... Ha- yeah. yeah, I'm going to leave it there. Um, well, I'll add my uh, my brother-in-law has an Apple Watch for the fall detection particularly because he is prone to falls from some from some medical stuff and a fall could be deadly for for him. And, and it's why we have it. So yeah, it is. It, it's, it, this is something that is it close to... It touches both of us, doesn't it? Yeah, it's- Absolutely. And I think, honestly, Apple are doing a great job in this space. All right, that's the SE. I think, honestly, great price point. Now, what's not so... Now, okay, 
on face value, this is not a good price point for this product, for the next one. So we had the watch. The Series 8, the SE, no, nothing unusual there. We usually get a, a Series at this time of year. And to be fair, the SE is usually at a different time. But anyway, but Apple has released a new variant of the watch. Now, this is a monster. Oh, yes. It, okay. This is 49 millimeters diameter. It's called the Ultra. And for some reason, all I can think about is Power Rangers. <laughs> Ultra Sword, power up. Like, <laughs> Let's you know. go, Power Rangers. Oh, no. <laughs> I was such a Power Rangers fan as a kid. I really was. Like, <laughs> I cried when Tommy lost the Green Ranger powers. Nerd! Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I am. I am. I am. Okay. So, let's start with the price point. It's, it is 800 US dollars and 850 pounds. <laughs> There is there is one version, one version alone. Every version comes with cellular. Uh, every version comes with GPS. There's no size differential. Should we just start, Jay? All right, let me ask you something, Jay. Is this the watch that you should buy as an average human being? Not at all, unless you're going to be in 50 Celsius degree weather. I mean, you know, the, heat, the recent heat wave in the UK has not been good. I can't imagine, but the point is, this is for extreme athletes, people who need to train hard, people who go on adventures. You know, one of the really cool things they talked about was, and we partnered with um, a company to turn this into a really well-featured, with with this app, dive computer. Yeah, this thing has a 100 meters capacity, and it's built... For water resistance. Now, I think for diving, they said... It's it's good for forty meters of diving. Okay. It's certified. Now this is a thing. This is certified for scuba by scuba by scuba diving certification for for forty meters. I looked at dive computers quickly before we recorded in terms of you know like what wrist worn dive computers. Those things range from four hundred to twelve hundred pounds. I think I, I really want to hear from people who are into this hobby. I think Apple have got something fairly special here. You know, this thing has got improved compass. Now, and what other thing? Sorry, I'm getting really excited about this. Jay, how much do you know about GPS, Jay? Let me just ask you about I I know that, like, GPS, probably very, very minimal, but I, I know, like, GPS uses Wi-Fi to try to figure out where you're at, on our phones, use Wi-Fi to try to proxy. That's, that's not GPS. That's... Um, that's location services. That's Wi-Fi triangulation. See, I don't know a lot about Okay, so you don't. Okay. So there are three uh, sets of frequencies for GPS, L1, L2, and L3. So L5. Sorry, not L5. Just So L1 is what traditional, what your iPhone, the existing watches all use. There are different applications for each, but L5 is is kind of precision mode finding now it's available for civilian use one i'm going to link a document which tries to explain this a little bit better and i wish i understand understood this more but it means that it's more precise by a long shot because one of the problems that they highlighted is particularly maybe marathon runners running through like chicago well gps works when you've got a great view of the satellites but when you've got building reflections and you're going down a busy street, it, it struggles, whereas L5, the L5 frequency set is going to really help with that. So, very cool that that's there. It's got, you know, obviously more co- more compass stuff. Now, one of the things they showed was the redesigned compass app with the ability to set waypoints. 
and compass backtracking. Well, when I was reading the tech specs for the Series 8 and the SE just now, turns out the Series 8 and the SE both have that feature as well, which makes me wonder, is that coming to older Apple Watches, is that a software feature? If so, that would be really cool. And it would be nice on a safety standpoint, too. Absolutely. You know, wayfinding, you know, well, we play multiple, we play lots of video games, right? In fact, we're going to start streaming some of them. And some, you know, some waypoints in games like, you know, I held out uh, Subnautica as a great example of that. I was about to say that. <laughs> yeah. You know, being able to, you know, know where you're going and compass backtracking. Look, me and a friend went for a little adventure. This was uh, during, this was last year, I think. And we went to a place called, um, well, what we thought was called Dancing Ledge. We turned out we were at the wrong place. Anyway, that's a different story. Coming back, we had, it was dark when we were coming back and we forgot which field we went down. We had no mobile signal, so we couldn't do anything like, you know, finding, really bringing up GPS, uh, but you know, Apple Maps. We could have used Compass Backtracking at that point. Jake, you, one of the things you said, talked about, that you liked was the action button. Yes, because the action button, especially for that, that you can set some stuff with it, that you can do action. So especially when, when like you are doing a lot of things outdoors, like even like possibly for the work I do, as I get in the winter, it'd be nice to have an action button because it's designed to work with your glove as well. So it's, it, it knows in an instance, hey, you won't be able to use your, your touchscreen as well. So we'll put stuff on your action button. And I, I, I'm trying to remember what they had on, on on it, but like it works with things like the dive computer. So this button is designed to be an extra way to access. Mm-hmm. And they've also made the uh, the turn wheel much more rugged to work with gloves as well. So there's a huge focus on knowing you're probably going to be in an environment that's not your typical environment when you're using this. Yeah, and we've done the same with the side button. That now stands, as they say, proud out of the case. This watch is function over form. It is not, I mean, it looks cool, but it's not a pretty watch. It's no. not something that you would use with, a, say, a Hermes loop. And I can like I can see it being used for anybody who works like in a factory, anybody who works in like physical demanding retail, like like the people who work at the freezers at my at my company. I mean, what I also like, it is much better for sunlight because they've made it mm. where you can see it in direct sunlight, which in some in some regards it can be very very beneficial, even for non sports related activities. Like I I know somebody who uses Apple Watch in their business I, I, for like checking on on calendar invites or and stuff like that and they it, i i wanted I, I yes i i see what you're saying but i that's i think we just want to I, I think i probably want to say that's probably not a reason to buy the ultra no 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 not at all i'm i'm just saying that they've really gone for what are the use cases that are way outside of the norm so i mean yeah. that's what i mean is that like it's okay it's designed for the the, the harsh extremes of the environment i mean and it's 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 pretty incredible that they want to make a watch that, that can even compete with some of the big sports watches out there. Well, and that, I think, is why it's priced so much, because the development and the components, this this is for extreme sports. Now, you know, and also, let's be honest, this is for maybe adventurers, people going, you know, scuba diving, yeah. rock climbing. But one of the things they, they've done as well is they've developed, was it, three different types of band? Yeah. For different, so there's one that's designed for, like, 
going over going over your wetsuit that, that's designed to go around it. Uh, one is designed for being able to quickly modify things. I think, especially if if if, I, if like you're running and stuff like that, it's yeah. it's designed for there. And then the other one's like extreme is like extreme land spots and climbing thing where you know it's not going to come off your wrist. Yeah, and because even in reviews of the Apple Watch, I I I had some like some some fitness experts say that they did not like Apple Watch for how undurable it is, and this thing is incredibly durable for that regard. And with, with, with this GPS, they nail the thing where other smartwatches for fitness had be- way better GPS for that stuff. This is that that fine-tuned fitness watch as well. Do you know what? I Yeah, I, again, I, I'm not getting a Ultra. No, nope. <laughs> I'd love to hear from people who get them. And again, we'll, you know, we'll keep an eye on reviews and stuff. All right, let's let's move on. Let's put a hand over the watch. I still love that, by the way. I do too. It's so nice. It's so it's, nice. It's great. And obviously, I've got a series five, so I've got the always on display, uh, so it just dims it. It is nice. Let's talk iPhones now. First thing, what's missing from this year's lineup, Jay? Well, I think if I were to talk to Mickey Mouse, I think his wife's missing. There's no mini this year. Oh, oh, Disney! I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Disney. That was you know they're coming after us now, don't you? Dis- <laughs> like those Simpson episodes with the Disney lawyer. Oh yes, is of course so ironic. Given well, and I had a Disney lawyer actually come after me for something in my early days as a kid. Um, that's a what? story for the. I'll tell you afterwards. <laughs> I don't think I want to know now. Okay, right. So right now, now you know something about our new, our new team member, folks. She was persecuted by the Disney lawyers. There you yes. Go. All right. So yes, there's no mini now. Okay, there's no mini yet. Apple could get surprises at another event. Say, hey, we've got an iPhone 14 mini, but they usually announce it at this point, and the fact that we have a 14 and a 14 plus this is the first time we've had a plus model iphone since the iphone 8 that's interesting isn't it especially going on later on with the 8 also introduced that same year right because the 8 introduced the separate model of iphone and okay i'm gonna i want to ask you this so one of my friends said to me you know, said, oh, why can't we just do, you know, 13S, you know, uh, 13, 13S, 14? Why can't we do that? And it's a valid question. But I want to, I mean, before we talk about it, I'm almost going to say the iPhone 14 is effectively a 13S. Yes. And the 14 Pro is what would be, you know, sort of next year's iPhone 14 if you're doing it in that model. One is a effectively a ref, an update. The other it has all the new features. Yep, just like the iPhone eight and the iPhone ten. I mean, uh, right. th- that was my uh, and and I I I think by calling it the fourteen and fourteen plus signifies size, and yeah. I think by calling it Pro and Pro Max size, I think an an S variant. People are like, what the crap is S? What does S mean? Because, you know, we had the, you know, this started with a 3G and a 3GS and a 4 and a 4S, 5, you know. And I, I do remember when the 4S, if you remember, 4S came about. Came oh, about, yes. 
Well, the 4S was obviously gave us Siri, but a lot of people speculated that 4S actually stood for iPhone 4 Steve because it came out just after Steve passed. I remember that. Uh, yeah, it was a long time ago. Let's, let's, oh, hey, one thing we should quickly talk about, which I hadn't put in my show notes. Did you see that Apple released a security patch for iOS 12 for the iPhone 5S and iPhone 6? Interesting. That goes along with what they had said at WWDC about how they're going to be releasing security patches mm-hmm. for some of the older devices separate from the yeah. main releases. And do you know what? And anyone who says that Apple do that abandon their devices are wrong. Apple support their devices for far longer than any Android OEM I've ever. And I've seen this. You know, Samsung promise so much and don't deliver. And hey, I was watching a uh, you know a friend of the show and guest Ken did an episode where he had a fake iPhone. Was it the iPhone? It was phone 13 Pro. I can't remember. <laughs> yes, I remember that episode. Very recent episode. We'll put a link to it. It said, okay, Android 10. Turns out it wasn't Android 10. They'd faked the version number. It's actually Android Marshmallow. And if that's something you can do on an Android platform, look, you know, I'm not, there are great Android phones out there. I think Google are doing a great job of a Pixel. I think Samsung have a lot to offer. But... Don't buy cheap Android phone fo- Android phones, folks. They, they aren't all that they are cracked up to be. So, look, we're, we're, we both use our phones for photography and videography. Now, most of Crosswise video content at this point is shot on my 13 Pro. You, now, you do have, for streaming video, you do have a, an actual camera, a, a Sony. Yes. I believe. A, a, in a 5100, yep. Great camera. So, we do rely on... Now, the iPhone 14 has a new... So uh, One of the things they seem to be focused on is a lot of, uh, of light stuff. Getting more, you know, more processing, because again, so the, the iPhone 14 has the A15 Bionic from last year's 13 Pro, which is a great chip name. Now, they're doing something called the Photonic Engine, which is basically all about light processing and, you know. But my first thought was, it sounds like something from Star Trek. And you know, I'm almost imagining Robert Picardo as the doctor. Now, now we should say we did try to reach out to Robert to see if he would record this line. He may well do before this episode comes out. <clears throat> Please state the nature of the iPhone photography emergency. <laughs> I mean, it does. It does. It really does. And and yeah, what they had said about with this is just as their their processing engine for how they process things because like like they will try to do all the the processing at, at certain areas and i am this is stretches a little bit my understanding because of like it gets into the weeds but like they they moved one of the processing steps farther up to try to get better light processing and that's a big challenge when you've got you know obviously smaller sensors and and smaller lenses compared with you know i hold up your a5100 because you know you've got the potential for really good light work and some of my friends have got some of the sony alpha oh those things look so nice oh, no a7 r4 r4 mark 4 and a friend of mine's got i think the a3 for video amazing but iPhones are absolutely catching up, and this sort of low-light processing, and not just low-light, they highlighted bright light and all lighting conditions because one of the things you can get with harsh lighting is blowout, you know, overexposure. Yeah. Well, 
if you've got a computer processing all that light, I, <laughs> my granddad, you know, we're talking about, I love that way to share his memories. It's so great. Granddad was a keen photographer. And this is in the age of film. He did graduate to digital, but bless him, he was old by, older by this point. He, he managed, but not too well. But one of the things he used to have is his light meter. And he would, he would stand there and he'd be pointing at my mum to try and get the light right levels. Even to this day, my mum, whenever she sees that light meter, she shudders because <laughs> she has such memories of my granddad pointing. She'd be stuck there for half an hour. But you don't need that anymore because the iPhone can process it. It's so cool. And that is one of the things that, like, people want to say that, like, like I'm not trying to get, like, Android versus iPhone, but Apple has some amazing secrets in their processing engine on, on iPhone. They absolutely do. And, and, and hand in hand with that comes action. Now, I don't mean calling action. I mean, you know, running or, you know, uh, cycling or anything like that. Now, if you've wanted to do any sort of smooth shots... Up until now, you've needed to get something like the amazing uh, DJI Osmo Mobile series. And I've used one of these. I've filmed with one of these. They are wonderful. But, Jay, I think you got quite excited about this. Oh, I did because I, I've i struggled with, like, like sometimes smooth video. And, and, I, and I love this new action mode that they've added to video. It does all the processing that you need to do to keep it smooth without even what I would have considered some of the warping effects, you know, the, the ones where you see the video... Mm. Warping on the edges, it looked so smooth. It's what they showed. I want to. I want to see how this looks like in different environments and different test cases. But that was actually pretty incredible. I'm, I'm going to guess it's going to probably like lower your your frame so that way you can yeah you can hide the outside. But still, what you can do with this on an iPhone is pretty incredible. It really is. And yeah, I'm I'm with you. I want to see I want to see side by side shot comparisons, but I think it's it's just fantastic. Let's t- oh one thing I um my f- iCloud shared photo libraries has been announced has been delayed to later this year. Sounds like they're having some problems with it. I'm gonna guess either syncing conflict issues or security. I'm gonna guess probably one of those. And do you know what? I, if they're delaying it for those reasons, I want them to get it right. I can wait for that. It's fine. So. At the top of the hour, uh, James, you mentioned something mm. that when we talk about the presentation, it takes a long time. This next feature sounds like it's been developed for many, many years by Apple. Mm. Okay. I'm just going to say at this point, my, my preface to this section is, wow. Yes. Now, there's so many unanswered questions on this one, but emergency SOS vice that I like. Now, let's start by saying... This is currently US and Canada only. I'm imagining that's probably to do with the network of satellites and the, the, the partnership they have. Now, some people are speculating that this is Starlink because they announced something similar, but mm, I don't know. So this is a... Uh, the, they were talking about in the presentation about to do what they're about to do typically involves bulky cables and things like that. Like, I... I and and to, to, it, because of the the power required for the for the to get the right antennas and stuff like that, so they are creating a an interface to help you if you have access to the sky to be able to say, hey, here's where the nearest satellite is. Point your phone to it, and then it, it'll help you find find the satellite and, and, get, and get connected to it in the right way. Like like those like like the old trope of of cell, cell phone reception. Oh yeah. Can you hear me now? 
and it will guide you. It say help you keep connected. Satellite communications, you, as you just highlighted, and Apple said normally these sat phones require big antennas, they're bulky, they cost a lot. But this is not, to be clear, this is not turning the iPhone into a satellite phone. No. You're not going to be able to make calls over this. You're not going to be able to use this for data. But what they've done is they've made it so you can do emergency SOS, which will be sort of via text message. Um, I think from what I understand, it's going to work two ways. If the SOS provider, you know, the emergency services in your area supports SMS, then it'll be a direct connection. If not, they'll use one of their voice relay centers, which is probably the other reason why it is currently US and Canada, because to build that infrastructure is, you know, will take time. And it would take time to get back and forth between the, 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 the provider. So what they've developed is an interface and they've worked with the emergency re- services on what is the most required information that you ne- typically need in a response like this. So it has an interface that says, okay, where are you? It has predefined questions. That, that that you'll fill out. It's like a, it's like a Google form, isn't it? <laughs> it really is, and 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 and, and you, you you go through, you develop it, then they have created a compression algorithm to compress that finalized data into something that can be re- received by the emergency services exactly how they need it. Yeah, and it, well, it's more than that. Yes, it is that, but also again. The satellite communications is slow. So they said, look, you know, we'll to make it easier, we will get gather the data and send that off in this compressed format. So that, you know, in direct, I think we said it'll take a few seconds if you have direct visible sky above you. If you don't, it could take a few minutes. That's why they're gathering this information. So you they recognize that synchronous communication is not possible over a satellite link. Yeah. Uh, you know, we see that with, for example, for all mankind. In without spoiling any season three, we see how satellite lag really plays into some of the story elements. By the way, great series. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And and what 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 is in what's incredible is they have a huge focus on being there in emergency because they said like you're gonna have your you're gonna have your your phone and and stuff like that. So yeah, so being very emergency. Now, of course, we should mention that the iPhone 14. The whole range is getting crash detection as well because not everybody has an Apple Watch. You're going to probably have your phone with you in the car. Now, of course, what's really great is this, of course, will work if you're a passenger as well. Interesting. That's really cool. I. But why wouldn't it? it it's uh, the same. Yeah, because that way it's, it's about getting access fa- as fast as you can. I mean, it's it's why this in emergency SOS, I like the Apple's focus on getting help you need as soon as possible, because every minute or every second is critical. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things they talked about in crash detection is, you know, be able to detect, what's it, up to 256 Gs of impact, which is just mind-blowing. And, they, you know, they've trained it on data from front impacts, side impacts, and rear-end impacts, oh, and then rollovers as well. So they've actually tested this in real-life crash scenarios. So one of the questions I think you asked me uh, was, will Apple improve the, the functionality here with compression technology? Possibly. But let's just be really clear. You're never going to be able to stream Apple Music off this connection. It's not what it's designed for. Sorry, Jay. I want to listen to the latest Taylor Swift album wherever I am. If you want to do that, be prepared to pay for the satellite internet bill. Okay. I, well, you know, I guess after that, I'll just have to shake it off. Shake it off. We're going to have to talk about your involvement in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> And the, the, this U.S. satellite, 
My biggest, when, when I first heard about satellite with the iPhone, I was wondering how much is it going to cost? We still don't know. It will be included for free for two years. We don't know how. Now, I, I'm guessing we're doing that because we're working out the best deals. Let's see what, let's hope that's reasonable. I'm going to guess, what if they did an Apple Care bundle where you had your Apple Care bundled with this or your Apple all-in-one? Well, I was wondering about Apple One. They could bundle with, with Apple One. There's, there's so many things to cross with that. So let's talk about the 14 Pro. And the 14 oh. Pro All right. All right. So first things first, ProMotion display. So this is getting... Now, from what I understand, that does mean it's going to get 120 hertz up to 120 hertz. So the screen's going to be able to refresh from 1 hertz to 120 hertz dynamically as it needs to. That's great. That is huge for power consumption because, you know, if your screen can dynamically adjust, that's wonderful. What that enables is an always-on display. That is one of the things, because I, I know, I know, especially Samsung phones have been touting that, especially on some of their higher-end models, something that they could do forever. And it's pretty cool on, on those Samsung phones, I will admit. Oh, pardon me. Yes, it is. Now, here's a question. We know that Apple don't always do things first, but they tend to do things very well sometimes better i would like to say that because of apple silicon you know because this is the new a16 bionic and this thing is a beast of a processor look we're not a tech news show so we're not going to dive into all the specs we're giving our genuine thoughts on what's cool but the a16 bionic means that it can dynamically manage the screen refresh rate and the idea is it will dim the wallpaper still match keeping skin tones but that also means that if you don't need to refresh that part of the screen, it's kind of like, you know, how MPEG compression works and JPEG compression works. If you don't need to update or, you know, then you can save power. I really like this idea. Oh, we need to talk. So, okay. So we need to talk about, we're talking screen. So let's stay on screen. Dynamic Island. So I'm thinking of this Dynamic Island. I guess Apple is turning over a new leaf. That's a, that's a that's an Animal Crossing joke, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I had to go under every nook and cranny to to find that. But really, Apple are bringing new horizons. <laughs> yeah, oh my- yeah. You, I've watched you play Animal Crossing far too much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey. I, I am actually considering getting it because, you know, our new streaming venture. Oh. I, I, I kind of want to do almost like a the complete Animal Crossing beginner stream, as in... I will teach you, and so are our chat. Absolutely. 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 <laughs> okay. So, do you know what? I, I really like... Apart from the name... <laughs> yes, the name is... Ugh. But I do get... I, I get what they're going for because... What was what was pretty cool because I was actually um, I think it was one of Ken's videos was talking about was talking about on on iPhones and fake iPhones how Apple really blends the notch well compared to some other and what's pretty incredible with this especially with the OLED display it does not look like they're expanding the notch or I mean like like I, it looks like the notch and stuff is part of the same mm-hmm. area it, it is. A pretty incredible feat to make, to make the notch something that's not just an eyesore. Absolutely. The only can now they put the proximity sensor under the glass. That's cool. 
Yeah. That's really cool. Um, you know, under that same glass, we've now added, you know, a, a autofocus. I, I think that's actually the same on both the 14 and the 14 Pro. Is the front, the selfie camera now has autofocus, 12 megapixel autofocus. Great. The only concern I have from an accessibility point of view is that if you have impaired eyesight, are you going to be able to see the dynamic island stuff as well? Does it maybe come as an option where you can say use dynamic island or don't? I, I, that might be valuable for some people. Yes, I didn't even think about that. I added a good a good point because yeah, what I like is it is it it's kind of the evolution of the notification center in a way that's because it because it really feels more like what I, they're focusing on keeping it out of the way of whatever app you're on, and that way you don't have something pulling down over your over your view. You're just in an app, and all of a sudden the thing pops up a little bit. Be like, "Hey, I have this thing," and then, then goes away. It is. It's honestly, I, I I know you're gonna ask me about this later on, but it's, it's honestly what's gonna keep me going to a pro versus just an iPhone. Let's just be really clear. I'm not upgrading for my 13 Pro at this point. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not upgrading for my 11 Pro Max for right now because it works. And, and we'll come back to that. But I really like that. Now let's talk cameras. Oh. Because the big thing here is the new main camera is a 48 megapixel sensor. But that's cool. And what they're doing is using quad pixel to give it, be able to let you crop and do more. So you still get an effective 12 megapixel manageable image size, but the, the detail. And it then gives you a two times zoom. So 13 Pro and above have the ultra wide standard and the telephoto at two. Uh, three times what we're going to be able to do with this new crop this new center is say okay well we'll crop down to a two times but it's still gonna be 12 megapixels that's cool it's really cool you know even better video quality uh you know four so 4k you're gonna be able to do 4k 24 which is a big deal for cinema cinematographers i just love the way that they're going forward again it's got all the photonic engine and everything like that if you haven't watched the event they give some great examples iPhone photography and iPhone videography is going from strength to strength to strength. Lots of other phones claim to be able to capture at 8K. Great. But if the lenses aren't great, if the ISP isn't great, and probably more importantly, if the underlying codec, if you're capturing 8K at some stupidly compressed format because you have to fit it onto your storage, it's not as useful as be able to capture 4K in Apple ProRes, which is an industry standard. If you want to shoot 8K, you probably don't. You probably don't want to be shooting on your phone anyway. Yeah, you probably want, want a better a, a better. Um... But you want a cinema camera. You want yeah. a Black Magic or a Rocket or a Red camera or something along those lines. Well, and one thing I think we forget about is Apple has perfected the the uh, the high efficiency um, um, HEVC. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because it, that's incredible now to think about how how, how many videos I'm re- and photos I'm saving nowadays in huge in huge quality but very small file size. Right, and but again, this is sort of a flip of that. Where you know when you talk about ProRes, ProRes 4K takes up a lot of space. You know, if you wanted to get that same quality, you couldn't record ProRes uh, 8K on a phone. I, I think they've struck a good balance, in my opinion. Absolutely. And battery life, too. I mean, think about the, the battery life of, to do all that data. Oh, gosh, yeah. It's crazy. Oh, hey, we've missed something on the Apple Watch Ultra. I think by default, it's going to have 36 hours on a single charge. And then later this year, 
They're saying that the low power mode is going to allow for up to 72 hours. Which is incredible, especially because, I mean, if you think about what you what you would possibly be using that for, I mean, long travels, I mean, especially in long yeah. sports sports outings, camping. Apple has, has done a lot of focus this year on software and, like, software optimizations. It's interesting you mention that because, actually, technically speaking, the main camera... On the uh, on the 14 Pro, I'm not sure if this is true on the others. I need to just double check this. Uh, I think Marco Arment was mentioning this. Technically speaking, they are worse spec. They have higher apertures, so uh, they don't have as low f stops. I think the Photonic engine might solve that problem. I'm really excited to see what the guys at Halide come, come along with because they always put the camera the cameras through at the proper paces. I think we 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 forget. How far we've come. Do you remember the original iPhone where like some of the original iPhones where you're, you you took a picture and it would do the little like like schoomorphism uh like shutter thing and then it would go yeah. out and, and how long it took to to, to do to do photos? They showed a, a, a picture on using the uh one of the pros mm. of this insect that they yeah. that, that they captured within milliseconds and that's some of the stuff that they're really working on is trying to make it fast, available wherever you are, when you need it immediately. I mean, and and and, and like to record those moments that may be gone forever after after that. Absolutely. Okay, 14 Pro and 14 Pro Max. They are apparently a little bit bigger in terms of screen size, but because we've got even further edge, same. So both the 14 and the 14 Pro are 6.1 inches. The 14 Plus and the 14 Pro Max are 6.7. Still very impressive. Let's, let's, before, because we have some listener comments, and a lot of the listener comments echo a lot of what we're saying, so we're going to go through them. But before we do, let's do a little bit of housekeeping software updates. Uh, iOS 16 and Watch OS 16, Watch OS 9, sorry, are hitting on the 12th of September. Now, that's when this episode's coming out. So by the time, well, I say by the time, at some point during the day, if you listen to this on day one, those updates will hit. And I'm so excited for iOS 16, mostly because of the new lock screens, because of all sorts of cool new features. Oh, yeah. And we've talked about this at, but on our WWDC event. iPadOS 16, however, is delayed officially until October. Do you want to bet it's stage manager? Especially yeah, because, because the Mac OS is also delayed the same way. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess it's something to do with that because I'm going to guess that they share similar code Stage manager will sh- if 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 it's a stage manager problem, then delaying both releases makes makes unfortunate sense. But you know what? Because iPadOS is its own release, it it doesn't have to be. Now that does mean that we're not going to be able to get all some of the, some of those collaboration features straight away. But that's okay. So we'll see when that happens. Um, it's going to be iOS uh, iPadOS sixteen point one that comes, and that's fine. Should we dive into some of the listener comments? Absolutely, and thank you to all all, all of you listeners for leaving leaving your comments because it, it, it it's, it's one helpful to know that you exist out there, but also we love to hear from you. So thank you very much. Absolutely, and we'll put a link to this discussion thread into the episode. Um, please, you know, add to it. Thank you, everyone who contributed. So we're going to start with uh, Graphics Gear, aka Ryan, who has been a guest. In fact, actually, everyone who's commented has been a guest on this show at some point, so thank you. <laughs> nice. so, so Ryan said that he thought, honestly, turning the notch to more of a dynamic island doing software feature is marketing genius. 
they he's asked the same question about the satellite service who they're partnering with because we don't know now is it spacex um so yeah spacex um is starlink so yeah is it spacex because they have a tip similar thing and again we don't know what it'll cost camera features and performance updates are pretty run of the mill that's fine yeah yeah i i agree with him you know every year we get camera improvements and that's a good thing there's nothing one thing that I I, I, uh, I agree heavily with is on the iPhone, at least in U.S. markets, they are dropping the SIM tray. And that that is an interesting, interesting um, change. And, and it's we're still moving into adoption of, of, of eSIM, especially I'm like, I, I use Mint Mobile here and I had an issue with my eSIM and I had to get, I, I have a physical SIM in here and I'm I'm kind of curious how that'll deal with, or like when I go over, or I like if I have one of these bottles and I come and I come over to to the, the UK, I'm I'm gonna get a, I'm gonna get a small plan. I I I could only use eSIM versus a SIM card. We do now in the UK, we do have some eSIM supported carriers, but I absolutely agree with both yourself and and Ryan who've made this point, particularly for US travel. One other thing, of course, is what does that mean in terms of multiple numbers? Because you could have a physical SIM and an eSIM, but they said you'll be able to store multiple numbers multiple data plans so yeah i'm not too concerned about that but it will be interested it's also interesting that this isn't happening anywhere outside the u.s and i think that speaks to how bad eSIM adoption might be outside of the u.s and if i if i remember right eSIM was limited to just one eSIM card b- before this i believe so so now they're saying it isn't okay there's no price increase on the pro not outside of the uk but i don't think that's anything beyond currency fluctuations and vat ryan just says he hasn't decided if he's upgraded because battery life is a thing now he has said his C- series 3 apple watch isn't doing as good so i'd say yeah i mean the fact that it's not supported probably time to upgrade and and he also had 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 the original launch airpods like mine are somewhere around my house and yeah like like my battery health is is, is similar to his mine's at 80 percent, so it, it's yeah now jack okay it's an ass <laughs> i love jack i have to say i love your handle but <laughs> i really do it basically not that really that interesting and you know what from a certain point of view Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, it, it's just another run-of-a-mill Apple event, so nothing special. But the new AirPods Pro are a definite upgrade from his current Pros, absolutely. And he's definitely thinking of getting the 14 Pro Max. And I said, well, you know, why? And he's like, well, my use case is... Because, you know, I always say, oh, he's talking about the, the fact that it was a 12-megapixel camera on the... A 13 Pro uh, main camera. And I said, well, you know, megapixel myth, all of this. And he's like, well, no, I my use cases, I crop a lot. So once you start cropping, you lose quality. So the 48 megapixel is going to really help with that. Um, and he said, you know, smartwatch, he doesn't, doesn't, doesn't really care because he mentions the Pebble. You know, my Pebble had great battery life, but it wasn't. But it wasn't a great device. Well, I, I had the, the, the Kickstarter one. My e-ink screen would always, um, would always, go bad on that one <laughs> i had so, so many replacements of that one <laughs> yeah and then finally andrew from andrew from the pixel addict and uh, addict and amiga addict team who joined us a, a few months back he said the new the new price of the new apple watch is a tad eye watering 800 pounds so, so 850 what do you guys think of apple's pricing policies so first of all let's just be clear that is the Apple Watch Ultra, as we said. Yes. What I said, because I, I replied to everyone in the comments, 
And this is was my take. I do think that Apple charge premium, but at the same time, the software support you get from them is superb. I personally feel happier paying more knowing that I'm not part of a price, or rather, my personal data isn't part of a price I'm paying. Oh, absolutely, because all all, all the software is either if it goes to iCloud, it's encrypted, but it's 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 processed on the device, and yeah. People have to realize it is not geared for everybody. It is geared to be that device that you put on your arm. You can rely on it to be there in harsh environments, doing harsh things. It's not something that it, it is that, but also it is still cheaper than the Apple Watch, um, Apple Watch Edition. <laughs> Of the edition, yes, the edition. Oh gosh, yes. Uh, so, thank you to Ryan, to uh, Jack, and to Andrew for your wonderful comments. Uh, I'm sure we might even get some more in. Uh, well, we did say we we're recording. I'll say before, rather than do this in the outro, please do add to that thread. I'd love to hear your thoughts, particularly on what we've said. Email podcast at crosswires.net. Both myself and Jay get those emails, so you'll get a response from one of us. Uh, thank you, by the way, to Fastmail for making our new... We now have moved away from... Because Jay's joined the team, we've moved away from the Crosswires domain being sort of, you know, my custom domain on iCloud to using Fastmail. Fastmail are not sponsoring this episode. But if you want great, privacy-focused, easy-to-set-up email, even just, you know, at Fastmail doc you know whatever and we've got lots of domains you can use for email or you want to manage your domain email multiple domain emails it's affordable i mean jay look we well i've actually invited some of the fastmail team to come and join us on the show for an episode but the fact that they've got configuration profiles for mac and ios they make the process of using app specific uh, passwords so simple and we found that their support was brilliant the ways that they've thought out features is just genius. I've actually uh, got a Google Apps email that I that I had used for my for my uh, prior podcast, and I'm I'll be I'm migrating it all over to to Fastmail because of of how incredible it is. It, it we we have shared mailboxes. We literally have shared folders. So your podcast at email comes into a shared folder that I've shared with Jay, and then we've got another little trick that whenever one of us replies. It goes into a shared sent folder. Yeah, it, it's incredible, and and also, I gotta say, getting the mail is pretty fast. Oh dear! I'm sorry. Oh dear. <laughs> all right, all right. So I think what another good event. I think I echo Jack. Not amazingly exciting. No, you know, no. Uh, you know, I was talking to someone. I was actually talking to someone in one of the EE shops. Um, I was looking to try to get some accessories from my iPad. And he would say, oh, you know, what else will there be? Maybe another M2 Mac? I'm like, yeah, but it's not really this kind of event where they do Macs. And they did everything I wanted them to do. Yeah. I just wish I had a little bit more money in my wallet. To, I, otherwise, I would go out and buy all these if I could. <laughs> oh, me too. Absolutely. But I will say I'm sticking with my 13 Pro. There's nothing that I need that is so essential that I need to go and upgrade. I'm just excited for when I do upgrade. Look at what we're, we're, we're going to have. I will say this. If I was, you know, had a regular income again and had the budget, the iPhone upgrade program looks more and more attractive every time. And there's a focus, and I love it, on on environmental sustainability. That the, 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 And they even admitted that they, that they will reuse iPhones. So your iPhone, all the data is wiped. Yeah, but it's used somewhere else, so it's not just going into a landfill somewhere. Well, it goes to a certified refurbish. Now, Jack, 
uh, I'm not sure. Actually, what am I? Jack sent me a message on Discord saying uh, Apple won't take my iPhone because it's scratched. I can sort of understand that. I don't know what degree they could probably fix. I don't know. I don't know if I fully agree with that. But when they can't refurb a phone and to buy it, they'll recycle it. I need to take an old. I've got an old iPhone successor. I really should take in to get. Is it no? It's a. It's a six. Actually, it's not a success. I think I've got. In fact, we've got a couple of iPhones that we really should take to get recycled, especially because of the battery. Because that way, the battery doesn't explode or something like that. Right, and we're saying, you know, but what, what was it? Something like they recovered more gold from recycled. Was it? Yeah, the gold we recovered from a certain number of iPhones was equivalent to quite a substantial amount of gold mined. It was impressive the numbers they showed. Wow. And that's big. Look, you know, Apple are big on environmental. We talked a lot about carbon neutral stuff. Look, we have a climate crisis. Sorry, if you don't believe that, I'm really sorry, but how can you not see? I don't want to offend anyone, but climate change is real. Absolutely. I mean, especially as tech enthusiasts, we need to take seriously. Absolutely. It's why, you know, trying to use less power. It, I have to admit, there is part of me that thinks, I really should sell my, my Intel my Intel power-guzzling iMac and, and buy an Intel uh, and buy a, a Apple M1, but that does have a huge disadvantage because at the moment it's going to be my gaming machine because it's powerful enough to do the games we want. So I'd end up having to buy an Intel system anyway, so I might as well use one platform. Anyway, Absolutely. Well, one machine. So... I, you know, thank you everyone for listening. I, I, again, we want to hear your thoughts, so do leave a comment. Again, good pods discussion. We'll make sure there's a link to our good pods uh, page in the show notes. We'll put a link to everything that we've discussed as much as possible. You know, sometimes gathering the show notes can be a mission in itself, but we, you know, um, so one here's the one thing I really miss about Fireside. So Dan Benjamin's Fireside had a wonderful little bookmarklet. Oh, I the, loved it. It was so good, wasn't it? It really was. So, but right now, you know, just manually, it's fine. It's fine. I, the one plea I would make to Substack is, please have an API where I could use uh, Daniel Jowcutt's amazing Mars Edit. Oh, yes! Because Mars Edit, you know, big fan. Same. Anyway, head over to crosswires.net to find all the episodes because we you know we tried to i like to think we've got a little something in the podcast archives for everyone we've got so many episodes on great topics we've got some great stuff more retro content i'm not going to apologize we've got more retro content coming up we've got an interview with alex from nintendo arcade that's so much fun alex passion just outstanding we've got sean from action retro these are episodes by the way that have already been recorded so we've got sean from action retro Yes, it, it, it literally has recorded with us. And we have something really special coming up in October, but we've got even more stuff coming. And one final thing I'll say, if you are someone who works in technology, has a product, has a service, or you want to suggest an episode, we don't yet have a Patreon community. We might do that. But right now, everyone is welcome to suggest ideas. We're not going to promise to do them all, but you're welcome to suggest ideas. Send those over. And make sure you follow us on Twitter at CrosswiresMG. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Say goodnight, Jay. Goodnight, Jay. Goodnight, Jay.